0: So welcome in to the Backroads podcast. It is week 16, or as they would like to say, state championship week. We are at the six-man finals in Division I and Division II. Can't wait to bring it to you, plus basketball uh, news and notes, all kinds of stuff out there. But let's get things started this afternoon. I'm Craig Spear with Happy Sports Network. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fam. And Bobby, before we get started too far into this podcast, we need to tell folks that we have a third uh, talking head on here with us, and that is Lehman Saunders, the great and the one and the only that we talk about all the time. Lehman Saunders, Lehman, welcome in.
1: Uh, glad to be here, man. Y'all, y'all spoil me. <laughs> I'm not. I don't. I don't think as highly of myself as y'all think of me, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy to lend whatever little bit of advice and insight and thoughts I can. So I'm just going to sit back and be quiet until y'all. Ask for my uh, permission to speak.
2: (laughs) We're just so glad to finally have you. I finally talked him into it, Craig.
0: I'm impressed, and and Lehman. Whether you think so or not, you and I have one thing in common. Our head is full of a bunch of stuff that doesn't really matter to anybody, (laughs) but we're great when it comes to trivia or things like that. So, see, we have something in common.
1: Oh yes, I have a very trivial mind. Yes.
0: Well, let, let's get to it. We weren't on the air last week, uh, Backroads Podcast, because we were kind of deciding do we go on last Sunday or do we come on this Sunday. We decided this Sunday because there's really an, an off week in here, which to me is really odd, and I wish the UIL would figure out a way to fix that. I don't want more than two teams in the playoffs, but I do wish that things would stay together because oftentimes when they talk about the 11-man world and they're playing in the semifinals and they talk about teams – we're already sitting there waiting. And I just, I hate that week and a half wait. You could play on a Thursday, play your semifinal games on a Thursday, and then have your finals on a Wednesday. But uh, that is my personal opinion. So let's get into what happened now, which would have been a week and a half ago. And that was uh, the four games. You had two of them on Friday night, two of them on Saturday night. And I want to start in Division Two first. First game, let's get to. Is Benjamin and Whit Harrell doing battle? And Benjamin wins that one, 76-31. to 31. Grayson Rigdon, 213 yards on the ground, five touchdowns, seven of eight through the air, 103 yards a touchdown, 11 tackles in that one. Brody White with three touchdowns and 75 yards, and Talon Hayes, the All-State all linebacker, eight-and-a-half tackles. For Whit Harrell, Weaver, 84 yards rushing and a touchdown, 47 through the air with a score, Brent Robinson, sixty-five yards rushing. Jaron Ellard, sixty-eight yards passing. And the little guy, No. Gomez. I had to get him in there, Bobby. Yep. Six tackles in the ball game. But when you look at this one, I think everybody felt like Benjamin was gonna be the heavy favorite in this one. And I thought at least for a while there, Whit gave Benjamin a game, but Benjamin just too much in the end.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. They they just kept hammering and hammering and and Whit Harrell just got further and further behind.
0: Lehman, I want to ask you something, and I know you've seen a lot of Benjamin tape. Just how good is Grayson Rigdon?
1: Oh, he's probably the best six-man player in the, in, in the country this year. <laughs> For real. He's uh, – I watched – I'm not joking, and this is not a knock on – this is not a knock or anything, but I watched so much – I don't think I've seen him run full speed, <laughs> like, and that's scary. <laughs> like – he's just so shifty and can see the field and he has a rocket arm. I mean, he he doesn't he tries to do a lot with his legs, but whenever he's bottled up, he can launch it. And he usually has two wide open receivers downfield because he's been dancing around for 5 minutes. So it's I don't he's special, man. He's special. That's-
0: yeah, that, that's crazy, and only a sophomore. I think that's what a lot of people have forgotten because we've heard the name Grayson Rignan for so long, I think folks think he's a junior or senior. He is just a sophomore after that stellar freshman year last year at Strawn. Another question for you, Lehman. Because you've seen so much of that ben- Benjamin tape, what makes them special outside of Grayson Rignan? What has them at this point now of being in the finals?
1: I think on de- defensively, they uh, get – off the line fast and get in the backfield quick their outside guys contain well they stay home they turn plays back to the middle and and let their uh let their line their ends make tackles but uh I can't remember the guy's name number 23 he plays a lot of nose guard and if they run a 3-1-2 he plays the middle linebacker some he's their leading tackler and he's he he's good he can blow up a play in that backfield I think I think that's one of their major keys to success that a lot of people don't talk about, but uh, number seven White, he's he's a big boy. He he does good on that defensive line, and and he's a really good asset in the backfield. He I think he plays fullback most most of the time, and he'll he'll get the run plays that Rigdon doesn't, and it's enough to uh, keep other defenses off uh, that are keen on Rigdon. They're like he can bust through some big plays, so. He, he's a big key to their success as well, I think.
0: Well, that's some great information there on Benjamin. Whit Harrell will finish up their season real quick. I think a really successful season for the Panthers and uh, first-year head coach Jeremy Holt. To me, Bobby, Whit Harrell made it further than potentially some people felt like they did. And I think they got the most out of the team that they had there.
2: I totally agree with that. Um, they were Toward the end of the season, they were peaking at the right time. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot today uh, among the state teams.
0: Definitely. So let's go to the other semifinal matchup, and that was Lorraine and Oakwood. Really, this was a matchup and uh, of A.J. Williams versus Zach Nickerson. And Lorraine, just too much in this one, 86-38. to A.J. Williams, I didn't have the exact rushing totals on him, but roughly 220 rushing yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he also had a passing touchdown. Damian Delgado had 108 yards receiving and a score. Uh, Davion Walthough, who I think is a really good, I don't know, do you call it uh, – uh, Robin to A.J. Williams, Batman, I don't know what you want to call it, but 95 yards rushing and two touchdowns. And then Wrangler Little had 10 and a half tackles. And four, the Oakwood Panthers and Coach J.J. Johnson. Zach Nickerson over 200 yards rushing, four scores. And, Lima, let me ask you real quick, before we talk about Lorraine and them winning this one, let's talk about Nickerson real quick. He sets the all-time six-man record in rushing touchdowns on the season
1: yep uh the new I believe it's 88 is what he ended the season with and that's just rushing touchdowns i I know he has uh his rushing yards for the season is a is oakwood has not sent me their final stats I tried to keep stats for that game because obviously because I knew uh, the importance of the records and stuff and i know he had over 3700 yards on the season rushing and that's enough to put him either at number 4 or possibly number 2 depending on like uh number 2 and number 3 are or within like a couple yards of each other it's like uh in the 3790s so if he if he's close to that or at he could possibly have uh 3,800 yards he's pretty he it was pretty close so depending on what he ended the season with he's either number four or number two all time and that's that's crazy I mean that's a lot
0: (laughs) it is and that all-time record uh uh, formerly held by Dwayne Miles who was just an absolute bowling ball who could actually run from Amherst uh, became a star at the division two level for West Texas A&M so no shame in breaking that record. That is a heck of a football player whose record he broke there, Bobby. I know you were at this game. How good is AJ Williams?
2: He is extremely fast, and he has some really good blockers. You talked about uh, Davion Walthall. Let me tell you, that is a big boy. I thought Zach Nickerson was a big boy, and don't get me wrong, he is. But Davion, he just he's like six three and just just a big big guy so when he takes off running which he did a few times um he, he pretty much knocks everyone out of the way but aj so fast so incredibly fast and unlike rigden i did see him run full speed and it was incredible <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and when we talk about lorraine this is a team that's another team that i think is uh, to a point come out of nowhere and surprise people what do you think is the success for Lorraine that's got them this far?
2: I think probably because, uh, you know, they Coach Popham has them um, pretty disciplined now, and they're playing really, really well as a team unit. And I think that that has brought them a lot further than than they've been in a long time. Uh, they have a whole slew of different personnel that help each other. It's not just A.J. Williams and Davion Walthall. There, there's a whole host of them and they all work really, really well together. They're very good blockers. Uh, Of course, you know, it's hard to block a big dude like Zach Nickerson and they did it several times. Well,
0: you know, I I think what was really fun about this semifinal is Lorraine and Oakwood were there. That is not two names that we just see all the time in the state semifinals. I think it's great to see some fresh blood. What, what is the opinion of both of you uh, on, on getting teams in there that we really don't normally see at this, at this level?
2: I loved it. You know, and it's a great thing for the school and the community, especially the kids. They get a chance to play at a, a higher level and a chance to go to, you know, Jerry's world. So um, I think that's going to stick with, the younger players as you know we progress into next season here pretty soon, I hope. And it just helps you have a lot of playoff experience when you get those opportunities late in the season.
1: Leave me where yeah, you're it's, it's great. I like seeing uh new blood in there. Like I know it's I of course I'm I'm here close to Lorraine, you know, so in Westbrook and it's just it's amazing for me to see those communities and people I know from there and how excited they are like I can see I can see it's a big deal for them and even even you know making it a deep run is big is a big deal but to go to state it's crazy man it's great I'm glad I'm I'm glad for Lorraine and Benjamin this is their first time there and this is only Westbrook's second time last year was their first time so this is still like a fresh new thing for Westbrook really too And it's it's big. It's a big deal for those towns and schools. And it's you know it's exciting. I'm I'm excited for them. I like I like seeing them. Now that said, I I'm glad I love Terry Crawford too at Abbott. You know this ain't their first trip, but this would be their third trip. But uh, I think it's their first time since 2015 was their last time. And I know it's a big deal for Abbott too. Like they're they're it's big on it. Pools of, the community really rallies around their team and i know all these six-man towns they always do anyway but it to let it levels up so much more like the d de- and it, it it's crazy to see because i've seen it obviously i saw it with uh black one 2019 when they made their first ever semifinal appearance like every week it's it's just it get it grows it compounds upon itself it's 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 amazing and a great thing to see, and I'm glad other schools get to experience it. You know,
0: that that's awesome. I agree with both of you there. So Lorraine wins that one, 86 to 38. So the Division Two matchup will be Benjamin and Lorraine, and we'll talk about those matchups here coming up. But uh, let's get to Division One and the semifinal scores there. Let's start with Region Three and Region Four. Abbott takes out Erion County, 88 to 60. And uh, to say the Panthers leaned on Mason Hale would be an understatement. 39 carries, 311 yards, and eight touchdowns. Carson Johnson tossed two touchdowns in that one, also had uh, uh, two rushing touchdowns in that one. Isaiah Singleton-Brooks, the man-child with 10 tackles. And uh, Joy Pavelka, not only can the uh, guy get some tackles, nine tackles in this one, but also had 54 yards receiving and a touchdown. And for Erion County, uh, Trevin Kofel, uh, 106 yards on the ground and a touchdown, 243 through the air, five touchdowns. Did have two picks though and got a pick. 23 tackles in this game. Incredible. Uh, Bo Morrow, 101 yards receiving and two touchdowns. And uh, Jordan Harrison, uh, two touchdowns as well. Lee Collins, 14 tackles. And Parker Posey, 13 tackles. But this game, I thought, ended up being – I thought there would be more defense in this ball game, Bobby, and I know you were at it. Did it surprise you to see both teams score as much as they did?
2: Actually, it kind of did. Uh, I think when we were doing the broadcast of that game, we referred to it as a full contact sprint relay because that's really what it was. It was just so fast. Everything was so fast. There was no stopping to, to – to to take someone out at the line I mean it was just uh the kid. the kids were getting out of the backfield fast and if the defense got into the backfield then they were launching the ball so um yeah very very fast game
0: it, it was and, and Lehman let me ask you when you talk about the Abbott Panthers what a great job by coach Terry Crawford to lose Riley Sistala his his uh Uh, lead back and replace him with somebody like Mason Hale and to put up the yardage that they did.
1: He has a great program. And if any, and he's been there for, he's been the head coach there forever too. So, I mean, he's got, man, I can't say enough about the program he has. Like when you talk about programs, that is one of the top ones in one, a, you know, that you think of. And Man, it's just top to bottom. He knows how to do it, and those players, he's got them like they can come in, they can step up and fill in, and and do just as good as a their starter that they're uh, they're replacing. So it's not surprising to me. And I think you left off the most important stat from that game. Reading those oh. stats.
2: Oh. Habits.
1: Abbott's kicker was eleven for eleven on PAT attempts, and I'll let Bobby say his name because I ain't gonna mess it up. His first name's Paxton, I know that. <laughs>
2: it's Pashofsky. <laughs>
1: there you go. I'm not up on my Czech pronunciations, so. Well, but to me, eleven for eleven—that's that. The, the most ever that I I have on record is twelve for twelve, and that's happened twice that I know of. And so this this guy. His 11 for 11 PAT performance is number two, because the other two are tied for number one. So technically, he's number two or number three, however you want to look at it, for most PATs made in a game. Because we all know how much, how important, especially in the playoffs, PAT points are, PAT kicking. So what what did Abbott win that game by? What was it? 20, they won by 20-something yeah he say he misses all those that's that's a nail biter you know <laughs>
0: exactly no I, I think you're right layman in it and it, maybe it's just because it's the it you know this season is so close in mind but it seems to me like this year maybe as much as any in the last few years extra two-point conversion kicks and even field goals have come into play more this year in games than they have in prior years yeah
1: I mean that's why Jones Jonesboro lost to uh, in the quarterfinals to Erie County by one point, and it's because you well, Marion County had the ball at the end, so theoretically they could have marched down the field and scored in a minute. But Jonesboro got a penalty on their PAT kick and backed them up a little bit more, and they just barely missed their PAT, lose by one point.
0: So that's Abbott,
2: heartbreaking. <laughs> It is.
0: It is. I I watched Silverton lose to Groom, a district title, and it was strictly because of that. They could not convert on their uh, two-point conversions kick, and that's how they lost. So kicking really important, and you're right, 11 of 11 is very, very big in six-man action. So Abbott wins that one, 88 to 60. So let's move to the final game and probably the closest game of all of these four. And Westbrook pulls out a victory over Happy 40 to 30. That's a game I had to call on. A game that was tied at half, 14 to 14. This was, Bobby, and we like to use this word, but it really was a flat out slobber knocker. These two teams absolutely pummeled each other. And Westbrook is probably happy they got a week and a half to heal up because that was as good a game as I've seen at the six man level. And it was just so much fun. It felt very much like an 11 man game, as hard hitting as it was. Happy gets a goal line stand on Westbrook in the second half. Three shots at the goal line from the one-yard line, and they hold them out. I'm not sure that that's even possible, to be honest with you. So, impressed with that one. Cedric Ware led the way for the Wildcats, 174 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Uh, also had uh, 35 yards receiving and a touchdown. Grayson Jeffrey. 63 yards rushing and one massive touchdown with 147 to go in the ballgame. And Parker Matlock, 136 yards through the air and a touchdown. But he was uh, really, really good on defense with 11 and a half tackles. For the Cowboys, Camden Speary, 12 of 20, 138, two touchdowns. Also had a rushing touchdown and two big interceptions in the first half, both in the end zone on defense. Kiton Johnson, a receiving touchdown, his 17th of the season and then Trice Johnson almost 100 total yards uh, offense for the Cowboys and 11 tackles and you talked about it Lehman when when before we got on the air of just how into that game you were here we were 147 to go in the game Westbrook's up 34 to 30 on a fourth and a 7 you can't ask for much more than that when you get to this point in the playoffs
1: oh man that was i was glued to the edge of my seat watching that i had to tell my uh, daughter to go, go play on a Kindle. Like go, I'm, I'm listening. Like, don't, don't bother me. <laughs> go, go, go do something. <laughs> because it was, I was on the edge of my seat listening to that game and man, cause I thought happy was about to shock the world. And cause they were playing, they were playing their heads off, man. So ha- hats off to them and hats off to Westbrook, you know, for, for pulling it out too. I mean, it's, you know, games like that, you know, that's what, that's playoff football, man. And you either rise to the occasion or you don't. And, and, you know, one, one play like that, and you know, things are different. It's just, it was both teams played great. It was a great game to listen to. You did a great job on a call. It
0: was, it was something. I appreciate that. And you're right with one forty-seven to go fourth and seven. And Westbrook one runs a sweep to the right side, Grayson, Jeffrey, I think he had the run pass option. The best I could tell. I uh, just didn't find anything open, and and it was almost like the red sea opened up this little bit of crease as uh, Happy kind of forced him to the sideline. And Jeffrey so quick, he he you know put his foot in the ground and quickly took that crease and took it down the sideline, twenty five or sorry thirty five yards for the score. And that was the difference in this one. If Happy holds them, it's thirty four to thirty. They've got a minute forty five to go on the clock. Minute forty minute forty five. I think they have a really good shot of winning. The passing game had started to uh, work against Westbrook, but who knows? I just know it was an absolutely fantastic game. And, Bobby, I wish you'd have been there with us.
2: Man, I was was listening to it, believe me. I had my little earbuds in, and I was like, oh, my gosh. It was very exciting, very exciting to listen to, and I know we – we had so many listeners to that game. I think everybody in Texas was on the edge of their seats wondering who was going to win that.
0: No no doubt there. So uh, that sets up the state finals. Let's start in Division Two, and I want to get both of your thoughts on this one. Benjamin and Lorraine doing battle. That will be the 11 o'clock game Wednesday morning there at AT&T Stadium. And Lehman, we will start, for, start with you. What are your thoughts on this game, and who do you think comes out victorious? Well... This is a rematch from, I think it was week
1: seven. It was a game played at Lorraine and that was a back and forth game in the first half. That was a tight game. And it's probably, that's the best game that anybody's given Benjamin and AJ, I th- believe to went out with an injury at some point, And Lorraine was having troubles after that. And Benjamin, you know, won by 30, 31 points, something like that. And, I honestly think Lorraine's gonna play. Lorraine's a better team at this point because uh, I've seen. I saw him early in the season. And I saw him uh, against Cherokee, and Lorraine's gonna give him a tougher game this time. I know it. And I, it's that number three for Lorraine's the X factor, man. What what's his name? Uh, baby Davion. Yeah, that dude. Uh, we call he's like a lot like Eric Dickerson. <laughs> like that that he's so big. Golly, if if he because we know AJ is going to have a great game. If if number three for Lorraine can step up and play an amazing game offensively and defensively because defensively he shut down Cherokee. And man, if you, they're going to have to tackle Rigdon, that's the only thing. Rigdon is so shifty and great field vision. Oh my! It's going to be a it's going to be a blowout or, or a high scoring game. It's going I think there's going to be a lot of points scored which some people love that for six man. And uh, I think Benjamin's going to eke it out, but it's going to be a lot closer in our first meeting. That's my personal. So Bobby. I got Benjamin in a high scoring game.
0: There you go. Bobby, your thoughts? I'm
2: just going to start off saying what I think. I think I'm going to have – I'm going to take Lorraine in a high That's scoring game because I, I think that no matter who you pick, I mean, it's just going to be one of those any given night things. Depends on how they play. I like to say a team is usually a first-half team or second-half team. So, I mean, it depends. I, I, these things are so hard to predict. But I do think that Lorraine has more weapons. So I'm going to go with Lorraine.
0: Gotcha. For me personally, I'm going to go with Benjamin um, both of these teams, neither one of them have been in the finals. I'm going to go with the one person who has played in a final and that is Grayson Rigdon. Uh, as you said, Lehman, uh, somebody that maybe hasn't even given their 100% effort, uh, so far in the season. Cause they've not had to, I think we will see that from Rigdon. I think he will be the X factor in the difference in this ball game. He's the best player in six man football. There may not be a second, uh, AJ Williams would definitely be in that conversation right after that though. And I I do think, you know, here's going to be the key. If somehow Lorraine can keep this game close, then I think they have an excellent chance. But you can't let Benjamin get out early, get a couple of scores, because if you do, it's going to be tough uphill sledding from there.
2: I am going to defend a little bit of my decision, because obviously (laughs) the two males in the room have chosen (laughs) some other team. I will tell you this. I believe that uh, Rigdon has really only been tackled 10 times this season, and seven of them were by Lorraine, and he made it very slowly back to the huddle. So <laughs> we will see how that works out.
1: No, yeah, Lorraine did a better job of anybody than bottling him up. And th- let's face it, like Lorraine's played the better schedule. They played the tougher teams. They're more t- they're more battle-tested than uh, Benjamin is. And that's, you know, that's not really Benjamin's fault, really. You can only schedule who you – schedule and uh, but yeah watching those Benjamin games man and they're beating Guthrie 88-0 to at halftime I mean it's not you know Rigdon got three snaps in that game you know but here's another thing Coach Popham's never coached in a uh, state game either Nathan Hayes is coaching in his fifth fourth, fifth something like that so Nathan's been there and the Rigdons have been there so they that's another little thing to, you know, put it on the, put it on the table, like uh, on the what ifs, you
0: know, De- Definitely. Here's the one thing I do know, Grayson Rigdon versus Davian Walthall one-on-one in a tackling situation. That's literally going to be two grown men going at it on, on 11 o'clock on Wednesday mornings. So <laughs> it will be a lot of fun to watch. Let's go to division one and a matchup that, uh, you know, I don't know if this is exactly the matchup we thought. I think a lot of people felt like Abbott would be here coming from that side of the bracket. There obviously were differing factors and, and opinions on who might come from uh, the uh, Region 1, Region 2 bracket. But Westbrook is here, the defending state champions. Westbrook and Abbott doing battle. Bobby, we'll, we'll turn it to you first. Who do you think is going to win this game and why?
2: Well, I'm going to go ahead. I I've, I picked Abbott from the very beginning, like a month ago, I was asked to pick. So I picked Abbott and I'm going to stick with Abbott. Uh, like Lehman said, they have an excellent coach who's been there before uh, several times and he has a program. And one thing that we neglected to mention a while ago is a lot of those kids are sophomores. That is a scary, scary thing for some teams out there coming the next few years. Um, but I just think that Abbott's going to pull it out. Now, I did talk to um, Coach Matlock not too long ago, and we had a discussion about whether or not the East had been battle-tested, as we just talked about with Benjamin, and most will say, no, Abbott hasn't been battle-tested, so we'll see how that works out for him, but I really think that they have progressed really well, and they're peaking at the right time in December. Lehman, your thoughts
0: on this one?
1: I can't say it. I can't add much more to it than that. Uh, I also picked Abbott about a month ago, and I'm all right with my pick. I'm not, I'm not super confident in it because Westbrook – I think Westbrook's, like, really hitting their stride. And it – because they just dominated ranking in the quarterfinals. I mean, just – not even wasn't even a game, you know, I mean, and that was supposed to be a good that was supposed to be a close game. And this I think it depends on how they react to this near loss to happy, like because they they're lucky to survive that happy game. I'm sticking with Abbott. I don't, I would not be surprised if Westbrook pulls it out and hats off to him if they do. But it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be one of them games in the trenches. And Same. uh we're going to, you know, it's this is going to be like smash mouth football so it, it, uh, it's going to be a good game i think so i'm going to stick with abbott just because i don't like changing my picks <laughs> one,
2: one thing that's cool craig and lehman is that both of these games will be very evenly matched i believe i think and so, so too. i think it's going to be really good or one of them's going to fall over and the other one's going to run away with it i don't think you know it's not going to be like 20 or 30 points it's either going to be a blowout or something that we're going to be on the edge of our seats but all four teams are great
0: yeah no they definitely are like you guys i made a pick a month ago i went with westbrook at that time and i'm going to stick with that pick you know it's funny because you you talk about six-man football and everybody wants to talk about well they just bunch of basketball players out there playing football I think the difference in this ballgame is defense. And as good as Abbott's is, the Spider Monkeys, as you like to call them, Bobby, I think Westbrook's defense is phenomenal. Peyton Dominguez up front, he causes matchup issues. You really have to understand where he's going to come from because he is excellent at moving where he's at from pre-snap to snap lining up in one gap and then finding another gap just as soon as the ball is snapped. I think that is tough to, to deal with. And I do think that uh, uh, Parker Matlock and Cedric were really crash the ends hard as corners, linebackers, as well as cover very well. I just think that they are going to be too much for Abbott to handle. And and I do think maybe schedule has a little bit to do with that. You can, as as you said, Lehman, you can only play who you can schedule and match up with but I do think Westbrook's a little more battle-tested, and I think that will help them, especially as defending state champions. I'm with you, Bobby. Abbott is so young, all those sophomores. The next two years, I'm not so sure that Abbott is not hands-on favorite to be a back-to-back state champions. We'll see who else has got things coming up. But I, I do think in this one, I'm going to go with Westbrook. I just think their ground and pound running game, good uh, play-action pass and that solid defense is going to be the difference in this one. But it should be a good game. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Wildcats in this one. So there's a look at both of the state title games going on Wednesday, 11 o'clock. You can watch it on Bally Sports Southwest if you have the subscription, which doesn't appear that many people do anymore, which is killer. Uh, but you can also listen to it on Texas 1A Fan. Stephen Reynolds, Jason Henderson, Michael McClure as well on the broadcast for that one. 11 o'clock, that will be the first game. That's uh, Lorraine versus Benjamin. Game number two at 2 o'clock there from AT&T Stadium. That's going to be Westbrook and Abbott doing battle, and it should be a lot of fun. Can't wait to see both of those ballgames. Listen in to them. I think we're going to have some good uh, matchups and uh, get ready to crown champions for 2022.
2: Are you going, Craig, or are you just going to listen?
0: I'm just gonna listen, unfortunately. I, I've I've used up all of my uh all of my vacation time chasing these kids around. I, I don't have any vacation time left.
1: With the Wednesday morning thing, I mean, uh, come on. Like that that's tough. That like that's the toughest part of the 1A stuff. Like I'm an advocate. Like I want the UAL to sandwich the six-man games in between like four A and five or five A and six A games. I I know it can't be that big of a hassle to change the field, but man. How crazy would that be? Like, if you know, a six man, because you know, those 5A and 6A teams, all their crowds are going to be there. And to have those six man g- guys play in front of like 40,000 people, that'd be crazy.
2: It would it, be. It, and it'd be good. It'd be good for six man too, because you know, once you watch six man, 11 man looks kind of boring.
1: Oh, yeah. But that Wednesday stuff, it, that's the toughest thing about it. And and that the week and a half off, you know, but I think that might help a team like Westbrook Westbrook seems to always, always hear about a couple of injuries they have or any team that's having nagging injuries. You would want that extra time to heal up for state.
0: So, well, it, it'll, it'll be good games either way. I'm with you at the Wednesday is tough. I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not sure how else you do it. You're right. You could squeeze them in between 4A and 5A games. I think it's the whole painting of the line markers um, that makes it difficult and then trying to get that, that chalk off of theirs where they run into problems. But, hey, Jerry's got a lot of money. You you would think we could figure out a way. Uh-huh. They, they roll out new new fields out there anyway. Surely we could just put a field on top of this one and go to town. But, hey, who who am I? It's not my money, right?
2: I've been out there as a photographer, and let me tell you, they get that line up real
1: quick. Yeah, they wash that off like that. Like I mean, it's, it's, it's like, quick.
2: bam, and it's gone. It's as like soon a crew as the on a golf cart.
1: Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, sh-
0: maybe that's something they could e- effectively do at some point. I do think it would be a lot of fun to see that, but. Uh, don't forget it, Wednesday, 11 o'clock, 2 o'clock, Division two, Division one, six-man action. You don't want to miss that uh, coming at you on at Texas 1A fan Stephen Reynolds, Michael McClure, Jason Henderson, all bringing you the broadcast, and then uh, some great photography will be had as well as we'll have all that on the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page for you to check out. Well, let's switch from a football to basketball. The latest TABC rankings are out. They're published each Monday around noon. They absolutely drive someone named Bobby Brown. Absolutely crazy. And we'll start about driving her absolutely crazy. When you look at the TABC top 25 in the girls, Huckabay still uh, in the top spot there. Nazareth two, Netches three Valley four and Slidell five, but it's the team at 21 Bobby. That's giving you uh, a little bit of angst. When you look at these rankings,
2: well, yeah, I mean, you go out there and you beat five A and six A teams, and you fall twelve spots. What? What? I don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> please tell me I'm not crazy.
0: I, no, I, I don't think you're crazy. I, I've never quite understood how the TABC comes up with the rankings. I've heard there's a little bit of politics in there, and no, and some coaches don't want their teams in the top twenty five. They kind of want them to hide outside of the top twenty five. Obviously other coaches very much want their team in there. That they, they see it as as a positive sign. I don't know. I, I'm, you know, you're talking about coaches as part of this, and I think that plays a big part in it. But uh I'm with you. I think I saw Borden County last year. A lot of that team is back. They are not can't be the t- number 21 team in the state. In I no, think-
2: in no the- world the does the Jayton Lady Jays beat Borden County and Jayton is sitting at
0: number 14.
2: <laughs> yes, I said that Jayden people and you can <laughs> hold me to it.
0: <laughs> hey Lehman, you and I we need to go get a U-Haul for Bobby because she's going to need it to get out of Jaden next time. <laughs> That's all right, hey man. It's rankings are weird, dude. I don't I don't like the
1: and it's the same thing like it, the top 5 are usually probably all right and no no matter what sport you're talking about, basketball or football. And it's those like fifteen to twenty-five. It's like what? What's that? No way! This this number twenty-five should be number eleven. Like what? Uh, I, it, I know I, I know exactly what the frustration is, Bobby.
2: Yeah, and these these top twenty-five. Let's say ten through twenty-five. They move constantly every single week. Oh, I, I couldn't mean,
1: imagine basketball Mm-mm. five
2: in, five out, and I mean it's just I, it's very hard to keep up with. Um, that's probably why we don't do a podcast on just basketball because then you have boys and girls you got two games a week you got all these rankings going crazy with the TABC um I, I I can't make rhyme or reason of this ranking um Huckabee uh I think Valley should be number one but we all know what Valley looks like we saw them last year up close and personal that's my thoughts on the girls, but. The boys, you know, Grayford's sitting there at number one, as well, I think, think they should be.
0: Yeah, they're they're really good. I, I have to get a kick out of number two, Erion County. And it's not a disrespect to Erion County. They just haven't played yet. I mean, they just got done with football. They're going to be really good. They were last year. So I, I don't mean that as a disrespect to them. But I do find it interesting that a team that just got out of football can still sit there at number two. Uh, but we know that they will be there near the end. The number three team, I think, is uh, a team that is underlooked, and that is the Jaden Jaybirds. Now, the boys' team, you talk about the girls, the boys' team is for real and then some. Uh, Run TMC at number four, Perrin Witt at number five. And here's the interesting part, six, seven, and eight, all teams out of region 1. Naz, Texline and Lorenzo. Um so that should make for a really interesting region 1 because Jayden sits there in region 1 as well. So that's going to be fun to uh, watch that hash out. I know Texline just won the White Deer tournament went 5 and 0 in that one. So uh they're they're back to playing good to Texline tornado ball as well.
2: Yeah, and Lorenzo, you know, um oh, what's his name? The kid who broke his leg in football. He is back now and he is playing on the basketball team. Trayvon um, the, he, thank you. Thank you. I knew you knew his name. And so, you know, you gotta look out for Lorenzo, those Hornets, they're they're making some a little noise.
0: That they definitely are. So there's a look at the basketball rankings of boys and girls. And let's slide on then, Bobby. Let's finish this up with some fun. Okay. Let's talk with our good buddy Lehman Saunders. And this is a special edition, we need like a drum roll or something, of <laughs> Lehman's Six Man 101. And it is a one on one on one conversation with our good buddy Lehman Saunders. And Lehman, I, I have to ask you because I know a lot of people want to know this. Where did your love for six man football come from?
1: Well, I'm a black wool guy. Um, grew up here uh was involved in blackwell sports when i was i guess it started when i was in fifth grade i don't know why but uh i think my grandmother was a school librarian okay at blackwell and i don't i, I think she pushed me to join be a manager for the high school team and because like uh our coach was a is sort of a distant relative to us too and I was I, I, I was a manager start from fifth grade through junior high, and I really liked it. I really got involved, in I really liked the, watching the football games, being a water boy, you know, getting to know the players, you know, w- watching the exciting games. So that's where it really started, and then obviously it just grew because I got to play it, you know, suited up in sixth grade. We got to suit up. We didn't play, but uh, – and played in junior high, played in high school and just is i loved it like and i love i love uh action football and six man gives more action like I, I i was a college football fan too still am to some degree and that's because to me college football seems like it has more action than nfl and i don't know i just this is in my blood it's, but it started right there just at blackwell and uh I remember getting Granger, we would get Granger Huntress before the internet, but uh, he had a weekly newsletter that mailed out to every school. And I think they would arrive on Wednesdays and we would, that was like, everybody wanted to read that. So really Granger helped grow it too. And cause you could see, like, I didn't know where the, where Chillicothe was, but you would see like their running back had like 300 and something yards one game. Or, like, oh man, that Chillicothe must have a good running back, you know? So, we, you got to know a little bit about other towns or, across the state that you had no clue, you know? And, that, and Granger's one, who did all that. Like, Granger really helped grow the sport a lot and help us all become more aware of ourselves as a community. Like, six man teams are, are its own little we're we're, we're a statewide community. It's, I don't know. And I I like that. I like the, so that, that's kind of that. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's how it started. Back to fifth grade water boy, black (laughs) Hornets football team.
0: It it does. And so speaking of, of that, and you talk about the love for the game, you're kind of now seen as quote unquote, the historian of six man football. Do you enjoy that? Do you feel like that's accurate and, and a good description of sure. your? Yeah, I story?
1: love that. I like that. Like, I don't like being, I kind of shy away. I'm real introverted, really. Like, and I kind of I don't like a lot of attention. I try to shy away from things like expert and guru and stuff like that. But like historian, I'll wear that badge. Like, I like that because I try, that's what I've tried to do. Cause it was, there was like a lack of collected information, and I kind of took it. Of course, I, I majored in... I, I have a degree in history from McMurray, so I come na- it comes naturally to me to to preserve and collect things like that. So, uh, and yeah, in college, with the, and what started that off is um, I had a class, historiography and methods, and we had to re- do a research paper for, for the class, uh, upper-level history class. And I found... Like all the what little history there was about six man football in Texas said like the first the first ever six man football game in Texas was in nineteen thirty-eight. And by researching something else, I can't even remember what it was, but I was in the, the library, the county library in Sweetwater, Texas, researching something in 1936, probably something about Blackwell. And I read a newspaper article on the microfilm machine about a six man football game played in Sweetwater in 1936. And I, I thought that's not right. Cause everything says it's 1938. Like what's this? So then I started researching that and found out there was a whole league that played in 1936, uh, four, four teams just played, played each other twice in Fisher County. And I, that, that was my, that was my research paper. And at, it, it. uh, the, my professor sent it to Texas Tech, and it was up for it won an award for best research paper. I can't remember what the award is now, but it's the Southwest Collection there at Texas Tech has the uh, West Texas Historical. Um, uh, I it, it escapes me now, but anyway, it was up it was up for best paper, best research paper, and it was undergraduates and graduate students, and it won I won for best. Uh, Best research paper. And it's in their publication. So I got published in a scholarly journal. So I actually have a history degree. I'm a published historian and it was on six man football. So that's why I'll I'll be like, okay, I'll wear that badge. And that's it's a long answer, kind of how I got started. And sure, I'll take that.
0: Well, well, Lehman, I know that you told us when we started this. You wanted to actually interview us a little bit, so we're going to let that part start, and we've each got a question for you as well. But okay, first sounds round.
1: great, yeah. Because I listen, I don't, I don't listen, I haven't listened to every single episode. Full disclosure, but I listen to a lot of them. Okay, and I was curious. Like, of course, I I know both of y'all a little bit, and y'all never really talk about yourselves, and you just asked me to explain a little bit about myself, so. I've come up with some fun questions to ask y'all to let your audience know a little bit, get, get to know y'all a little better. All right. And I'll ask Bobby first, Bobby. The, and I want both of y'all, both y'all will answer the same question. And then I'll answer the question in fairness as well. Bobby, here's the first question. I have four questions. And then I'll turn it over to you y'all to ask y'all's question. What is the best six man game you have ever seen in person?
2: oh my gosh it's got to be one of the matchups between happy and borden county in the semifinals or quarterfinals um they always i went to two separate games uh and they were both in level land i can't remember what year it was maybe 2018
1: 2019
2: Mm -hmm. and I mean, it was just a war, and it came down into the last second of the game, and it was it was just it was just the best game. So that's my that's my favorite. It was between Happy and Borden County and Level Land.
0: Craig, yeah, for me, honestly, it has to be the game that was uh, just last Friday night, and that is Happy in Westbrook. I, I just to me that was old school, and I and I look at it, and it was fun because as you look at the six man forum. Uh, everybody gave Happy a lot of props because you saw as much as I did. A lot of people thought Happy was going to get 45 at halftime. I thought that was a little bit crazy, but I could see Westbrook running away with it. I just thought this was an outstanding game. And to me, any game that gets decided in the final two minutes is, is an outstanding ball game. But as well as both of those teams played, I, to me, that that is the best game that I have personally seen in person.
1: Plus, you have, you know, a personal tie to that game. So there's a personal wow. connection to it, too
0: that that made it unbelievably difficult and and probably if it wasn't for broadcasting I'd, i i might have been in a hospital <laughs> with a coronary because <laughs> that game was just my stomach was five times going crazy it was just unbelievable
1: all right uh, i've seen so many good games it's crazy i cannot believe it like i sit back and i try to think about the best game uh, you name, name five greatest games, and I, I was probably at all five of them, which is crazy. But I'm going to pick 1996 state championship game. Gordon beats with Harold 51-50 to 50 on fifth down.
2: <laughs> on <a> fifth? <laughs> okay, you're going to have to explain
1: that. Well, uh, Gordon's last possession of the game. And this, this was played in Sweetwater at the Mustang Bowl, which is – like a mecca for Nolan County, like one of our Nolan County's big things. And uh, that I can't remember what the crowd was. It was over 6,000, probably less than 10,000. So a big crowd, especially for six man. And with Harold was the number one team. So they're the favorite. Gordon's the underdog. Gordon has a the ball. They're down. What are they down? Five. They're down five, and time is running out. And they're on their last possession. And one of the plays in their, in their, uh, they run a play. The spread back, uh, Jason Sizemore is running around, scrambling. Throws a deep bomb, touchdown. Okay. They ruled that Jason Sizemore crossed the line of scrimmage, so they marked off a penalty instead and, and took the touchdown back. Marked them back, and then two plays later, Gordon scores with six seconds left in the game to go up by one point. Well, on that, when the p- the correct penalty for if you cross the line of scrimmage and throw an illegal pass. It's just loss of down. The referees did not issue a loss of down. So and yeah. The referees did not give him a loss of down. So actually, in reality, Gordon had one more play, one extra play than they should have. Oh, wow. Now, Gordon people will get really upset about this because if you watch the video, he didn't cross the line of scrimmage. It should have there should have been no penalty. So that's what they'll that's what they fall, Gordon folks fall back on. I'm friends with a lot of those Gordon folks, and they'll be quick to point that out. But that was the best game I've ever seen, and I was a freshman in high school. I sat in on the, in the stands with my coach, Dwayne Hyde, his father, Thomas Hyde, Kerry Owens of Highland, and Nathan Hayes. He was a senior, and I was a freshman at Blackwell. So Thomas Hyde, Hall of Fame coach. Dwayne Hyde, Hall of Fame player. Kerry Owens, Hall of Fame coach, Nathan Hayes—he's—he's he's a pretty good coach. He, you know, he's still coaching. So, I got—I—I I think about that. I was like, man, I got to sit with a bunch of, you know, very knowledgeable, big-time six-man football guys. So that made the experience a lot better. And Thomas Hyde—he—he caught—he was the only one of the group that noticed the loss of down when it happened. He's like, oh, the refs messed that up. And we we're like, what? we didn't notice it, but he, Thomas had noticed it. So, anyway, that was my best six man game. And I explained it. So, there you go. All <laughs> right, my, moving on. Okay. Craig, what is your favorite TV show and movie? So, it's kind of a two part question TV show and movie. Doesn't have to be current, could be like your, your favorite, your best. What you got?
0: man tv show i you know end of the day (laughs) i'm gonna show my age if nothing else is on i continue to go back and watch the andy griffith show i'm old school so go go back to the 60s if you want to go a little more current i love seinfeld i think the seinfeld episodes are fantastic as far as movies go um man i i continue to find myself uh watching remember the titans over and over and over again and it never gets old
1: all right bobby what you got favorite tv show favorite movie Mm,
2: my favorite tv show is definitely seinfeld show about nothing but it's about (laughs) everything because i i can't tell you how many times a week i reference that show maybe it's just because i have nothing better to say i don't know um, but you're going to laugh. My favorite movie is The Princess Bride. And it's because it has a little bit of everything.
1: There you go. It's a good pick. I like, I like those. Those are good. And for you, uh, my, I'll start with my favorite movie. Cause it's not even debatable. I, I would write, I would write a research paper on this. Oh boy. The, the Wizard of Oz. My, <laughs> is hands down my favorite movie. I think. The greatest movie of all time, it's The Wizard of Oz. That's what I'm coming to bat with. TV shows a little harder. I got two that I really love, and it's hard. I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the original Twilight Zone. It's you know really
2: why does that not Rod surprise Serling?
1: Me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's close. I'm going with Twilight Zone over X Files because I think Twilight Zone x-files was probably influenced a little bit by twilight zone so therefore twilight zone should be ahead of x-files so
2: very good logic
1: there lehman
0: i'm a big fan of twilight zone by the way lehman it, man rod
1: Serling to... could write you know he like write. he he wrote almost he, he probably wrote like 90 of those scripts himself
0: they're they're fantastic i know that the the, the plot twists in them are just incredible
1: Love it. I got a box set of them all. Obviously, way before my time, but love it. Anyway. When you say
2: box set, do you mean VHS or? No, 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 no. Okay. The DVDs. Yeah, yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, I had to ask.
1: All right. Moving on. Next question. Let's see. Bobby, is it your turn first? Yeah. What was your favorite sport growing up? We talk, uh, y'all talk a lot about high school sports and stuff like that. So I don't know if y'all really talked about y'all's high school experiences. So, Bobby, what was your favorite sport growing up?
2: Well, Craig has given me a hard time about this several times. Um, My favorite sport growing up was basketball because I participated in basketball Mm -hmm. and I was tall and I don't know if many people know this. I moved from California when I was 12. And so when you move from California to a place like Jayton, you kind of catch hell, if you will. <laughs> uh, but uh, one of the girls looked at me and she said, oh, you're so tall. I bet you could play basketball.
1: So I did. There you go. Craig, what was your favorite sport growing up?
0: Uh, my favorite sport just overall was football. My favorite sport to play was tennis.
1: Gotcha. Any Any fun high school tennis stories or any tennis stories?
0: Uh, well, I did qualify for state in my sophomore year. I played uh, small college tennis, uh so I've, I've just always had a love for tennis. It was uh, one of the few sports that a very unathletic human being like myself could actually uh, somewhat do decent at, because as much as I love football, let's face it, I was um, maybe average to below average at best. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, and let me add to that. I played basketball, but I loved football. And, you know, I grew up with, you know, the likes of Trey Ritchie playing football. Oh, yeah. And it was an incredible thing to watch him play. I mean, just yeah. an incredible thing. I I He invented the term breaking ankles.
1: <laughs> I had, uh, of course, Trey Rich. this is di- diverging a little bit, but, you know, he, he played football at McMurray University. And I had a coach tell me one time that, you could. This is from his college playing days, and it's very much true for his high school playing days too. Is like you couldn't tackle Trey Ritchie in a phone booth. That's what. That's what. That's what they said. Like you. You couldn't tackle him in a phone booth. So, yeah. Uh. Well, right. no, no. You have to answer that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My favorite sport growing up. Uh, this is easy for me, and it might be surprising to some, but it was baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport growing up. And Blackwell did not have baseball. Um, we did, we're we not a baseball school. I had to play summer baseball at Bronx. And I followed baseball religiously. And as much as I, I am a historian of six-man football, I I know equally as much about baseball stuff. <laughs> so, I, I love baseball. So that was my favorite sport growing up. I wish we had had it at Blackwell, but we didn't. So, all right, last question. Who's up? Who's up now? Craig is up. Craig's up. Okay, Craig. What is a hobby outside of high school sports that you currently have?
0: Ooh, because that broadcasting is my hobby. I yep, mean, it no, really is. Because I have easy. a real job. But, boy, beyond that, um, you know, I, I don't know if you call it a hobby, but I love putting my garden together every year. I, I mean – I have a huge garden in our backyard and I grow everything from squash to zucchini, to watermelon, cucumbers, uh, okra, green beans, you Man, name it. In there. Making so, me hungry. I love gardening.
1: You had me you keep, at okra. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it's a fried okra now. How do you well, keep deer I,
0: out of it? Well, I've got a fenced in backyard. It's just, I live on an acre. And so it's really nice. We fenced in a large part of it and uh, I've got, believe it or not, four, four by eight um, uh, raised garden beds as well as two four by eight raised garden beds. So, uh, you know, four, eight by eight, two, four by eights. huge spot out there to garden. And uh, I mean, to the point that we have built a a flower garden around it to bring in the pollinators. Uh, I've gotten that much into it. And it is amazing what a difference bees do in your garden and how much more produce you get out of stuff so yeah gardening is definitely a hobby for me
1: wow that's amazing that's cool see i had no learning idea. stuff guys <laughs> no bobby idea. bobby what outside of high school sports what is a hobby you currently have
2: well i have two one is little league i'm a district administrator section leader and state uh board officer for little league and our that area sounds like a
1: job not a hobby
2: well, it I've, I've done it for a long time, uh, but it runs the whole panhandle all the way down to Pecos and all the way over to almost Houston. So we have a very large geographical area. Um, I love it because I get to see all the kids having fun playing baseball. Oh,
1: that's awesome.
2: Um, my second one that is just for me, that's not a volunteer thing because, you know, I do a lot of volunteer stuff is I have a Harley motorcycle and every year for two weeks I point the nose and go and I've been to some fantastic places um no plans we just figure out where we want to go and the way we get there is just the way we get there I've been to the Redwoods I've been to Astoria, Oregon because you know that's where the Goonies was filmed that's my second favorite movie by the way Lehman and I've been to Montana, to Glacier National Park, to all different kinds of places. But it's very freeing. And that's probably my one hobby where I don't think about anything, but really just the freedom of being out in the United States and driving. Very cool.
1: See? All I'm right. Free- I guess it's my turn. Uh, my a hobby I currently have, I try to play a fiddle. I do that a lot in my free time or if I need to step away and decompress or something, I say, try. (laughs) So I try.
2: What do you mean you try expand on that a little bit?
1: I mean, I don't think, I mean, I'm not a professional fiddle player, so, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's just, I wouldn't, uh, I would feel uncomfortable playing in front of anybody other than family, but uh, I make, I think I've learned and I'm self-taught as I'm not. I, I can't read music, so I just try to listen and figure figure songs out. So,
0: so That's you play by ear. Does that mean we're gonna find you at Bob Wills Day in in uh, Turkey?
1: Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Um. Freaking. Uh. Jody Nix played at Blackwell here one time, and I went to. I went to that. That's something. I like. I like going and listening to stuff like that. So yeah, I'd. I'd be a hundred percent down for that. Yeah. Awesome. I wouldn't I wouldn't compete in it. I wouldn't play in it, but <laughs> I'm not going to compete in any fiddle contest or anything. I like doing that. So, so now it's our turn to ask you a question.
2: Sure. Okay. So, tell me what is your favorite band and mm. what is your favorite song. So, you got us a two-parter. I'm going to give you one.
1: Wow. Okay. Jeez. My favorite band I'm going to have to say is, oh, man, Gaelic Storm. Raise your hand if you know what band that is. Oh, you do? Okay. I actually do. (laughs) Gaelic Storm is the Irish band that plays in the movie Titanic, (laughs) for those who don't know. So I guess that would qualify as world music, but I would say it's Irish music. I really like Irish music as a genre. I also like sea shanties as a genre. So oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh favorite song. Oof. I don't know. Currently my favorite song I'd have to say is The Bird Hunters by Turnpike Troubadours. So I I, I really like that song.
2: Great, great. It has a man. great
1: fiddle part in it. That's why.
2: See, there you go. Have you tried to play it?
1: Not that one. I can play a couple of other Troubadour songs, but not that one
2: do we have no, to answer our own question
1: yeah of course you oh.
2: do. <laughs> craig you go ahead what's your favorite band and your favorite song
0: oh my goodness favorite band i guess end of the day for me probably turns out to be uh deaf leopard yeah. great uh-huh. choice love Def leopard um as far as song goes and this is so 180 from uh uh, what we just talked about and my favorite band being Def Leppard, but uh, probably my favorite song and the song that I can just keep listening to over and over again is, and it's kind of funny that you mentioned uh, Celtic music there, uh, Lehman, because it's by Celtic woman and it's the song you raise me up. I absolutely love that song. Uh, that and amazing grace, I can listen to either one of those done by just about anybody, at any point in time and Guaranteed A, I'm gonna tear up, and I just I just love both of those songs. Great, Bobby, your turn.
2: Yeah, well, I'm a metalhead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you ride a hearty, you gotta be a metal head.
2: No, you don't have to. I mean, I listen to Pavarotti too, but um my favorite band is Metallica, of course. Of course, of course, and um my favorite song is also. Not Metallica, although I love sad but true. My favorite song is by Prince Raspberry Beret.
0: Yeah, gotcha.
2: my musical tastes are all over the place.
1: Oh yeah. I'm super eclectic too. As you can tell by my choice of Gaelic Storm. <laughs> <laughs> I love Green Day. I think Green Day is probably the I would I always argue Green Day's the best band of my generation. There you go. And that's not a that's not something a lot of people would come to the table with, but
2: <laughs> well, Lehman, you're not most people.
1: That's all right. I'm and I and I'm I accept that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, Craig, you get a question now?
0: I, I get to finish this thing off. So let me ask you, uh, we will start with Bobby since we got Lehman last time. so we're gonna ask Bobby this. what? and it doesn't matter whether it's food, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever you want it to be. What is your guilty pleasure?
2: Oh my gosh. Oh, coffee. Coffee. I can uh, I I found some dark chocolate dusted Vietnamese coffee beans. There's nothing better in this world than to not only smell that coffee brewing but also taste it. It is the best coffee ever. Um no, I am not advertising for them but if you really want to know just hit me up i'll tell you where to get it it's the best things it's awesome i could drink it all day every day
0: (laughs) all right lehman what is your guilty Uh, pleasure
1: my guilty pleasure uh i love watching movies i'm a cinephile i like i like watching movies i think that's probably my guilty pleasure like just sitting down watching a movie and i'll watch anything like i love I have so many DVDs, it's crazy. And it, 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 the hardest part is trying to figure out what I want to watch. And I'll watch anything, documentaries, horror movies, sci-fi, foreign movies. Oh, I love old movies, obviously, because I. Wizard of Oz is my favorite movie. <clears throat> but Marx Brothers, love the Marx Brothers. like So I, I would probably say watching movies.
0: Okay, Craig. Well, well, for me, the answer is really two part, but they kind of go hand in hand. And that is, I love Diet Coke and I love sweets, specifically peanut butter, anything peanut butter. Yeah, th- that's the way to my heart. But I do that in conjunction with, I love to watch old TV shows and I love to watch old movies, specifically war movies. Uh, one go, of my go. favorite movies of all time is Stalag 13, which uh, probably very few outside of Lehman Saunders has ever mm-hmm. heard of. Uh, But that is where they – that is what they cast Hogan Heroes off of Uh was the movie Stalag 13. It is an absolutely fabulous movie. And so that one, uh, Sergeant York, any of those, I just love to sit down and watch those. Give me something sweet. Give me a Diet Coke and life is good.
1: Amen, brother. That's great, man. I I also like Bobby and I I drink coffee by the pot. So, I mean, I didn't want to steal Bobby's answer there, but coffee is definitely – Guilty pleasure. You and I'm surprised, Bobby. You didn't say steak. I know you like you like a good steak. I know that
2: I do. For the last two and a half years since the pandemic, I've been going to the Longhorn Steakhouse every week, and so I'm going to tell my age here. Um, it's like when I walk in, it's like Norm walking into
0: Cheers. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's fantastic! Well, that was
1: that was fun, wasn't it? It's a little It different. was, it was you know, fun. Was, I think we learned something about each other.
0: Hey, definitely and and the world found out something about it so it may they may not wanted to know but now they know yeah yeah if you the way to craig's heart is peanut butter <laughs> oh, man. i eat that by the jars it's it's kind of sad but chunky or creamy oh chunky oh and, but ooh. it's got to be it's got to be honey rusted from peter pan it's the only one i'll eat
2: really you're that yes.
0: specific? I don't, I, oh yes yes i can eat regular peter pan uh but it's really for me it's got to be the honey roasted for whatever reason crunchy has gone out of the stores best i can tell they've not stopped making it i can't find it so i've had to stick with the creamy but if i have my druthers it is uh peter pan honey roasted crunchy all day every day well what a fun podcast lots of information in the first talking about football and in the state title games coming up 11 o'clock and two o'clock on wednesday uh Benjamin and Lorraine doing battle in that first one. Westbrook and Abbott in the second one. Should be two fantastic games. Basketball action. We got to know a little bit more about our good buddy, Lehman Saunders. And uh, Lehman, we do appreciate you coming on with us. I don't want to leave this on a down note, but I just want to throw it out there real quick. Uh, Quick prayers for a happy basketball player, Justin Peters. He was involved in a pretty serious car wreck last night. Uh, He is in the hospital in Lubbock with back injuries and some other injuries. So uh, uh, definitely prayers for Justin and you know we it, it just it seems to me like over this last year we have had so many wrecks i know up here in the texas panhandle three young ladies were killed from sanford fritch in a car wreck earlier this week and it just it's just one of those things that we end up dealing with in life and, and you hate to see that but it just seems like it's been more than usual this year same thing with the injuries on the field so uh, uh prayers to justin and, and hope he gets better soon and uh Uh, So we'll kind of leave it. Leave it with that. Such a good program, and I didn't want to end it on a downer. But well, uh, we can
2: we can end it it some. We can we can end it somehow else. We'll (laughs) be back with this podcast during the basketball playoffs. How about that?
0: Hey, that that works for me. Until then, a Merry Christmas to everyone, and everyone a good night. Is that what I should say? I was waiting for that. For Lehman Saunders, the, and I do put in in capital letters, the historian of six-man football. I'm Craig Spree with the Happy Sports Network.
2: And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. Remember, go forward and do good.